0: Welcome to Radio Survivor. We're here for the love of radio and sound. My name is Eric Klein, and on today's show, we're going to be speaking with Nathan Moore, who runs the radio station WTJU at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, Virginia. I'm excited that Nathan is on the show today because since taking over, running the station there at the University of Virginia, Nathan has helped to build, has led the way to build a number of community audio projects that are all great examples of things that we here on Radio Survivor have been um, supporting, promoting, and encouraging. These things include a student-run online radio station that's also a low-power FM station. They include a podcasting uh, network, a place where um, people who are interested in podcasting in the community, they're both at the school at the University of Virginia, as well as in the Charlottesville community, can sort of think of uh, WTJU as their place to podcast, which uh, is special because even though radio people know that radio is podcasting and podcasting is radio, uh, radio's been around for a hundred years. Some people are tired of it. Some newspapers don't want to write articles about it ever uh, because it's old. And podcasting is brand new, and they'll write a bunch of articles. They'll pay attention to you when you're podcasting. They'll show up and be excited about making podcasts, even if they're not interested in making radio. Imagine that. And uh, WTJU there has a podcasting hub, uh, a podcasting studio that where they make radio for the Internet, um, as well as other community-oriented music activities like summer camps and concert series. And so all of that is up today on Radio Survivor. Oh, as well as the fact that uh, Nathan Moore's radio station and community was at the center of the national news in 2017. It's been the two-year anniversary of the white supremacist attack on Charlottesville, Virginia. And Nathan can talk about both his eyewitness account of being there on the day of uh those uh, white supremacist rallies but as well as how leading a community radio station in a community under attack like that um what role they can play to help and i think that that's something that uh i think that model of building community around music to strength but also with uh, um as nathan will talk it's not all it's not all fun and games that they think about building communities even though it's building it around the music, primarily, the stations that Nathan runs are all uh, music stations. Uh, there's other ways that a, that a community oriented uh, organization can can build a vision towards uh, towards creating better connections and healing communities uh, when they're under attack. Uh, this is all relevant because I live here in Portland, Oregon, and one day prior to us recording, there was uh, yet another right- wing rally planned. Uh, for my city where, uh, you know, the, <laughs> it's amazing because, uh, just to soapbox a little bit, it's like what happens in the streets, uh, which is upsetting for many people. And, uh, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot to be said about what is happening on the ground. Uh, but m- weirdly it's, uh, and this is explicitly part of why the right wing, uh, white supremacist organizers are coming to portland it's much more about a national platform to uh, create a narrative and get attention for um for fighting in the streets with the people of portland and uh luckily this last go-round was extremely uh calm by comparisons but i just wanted to say that things turned out fine i had a little bit of uh A touch of concern during the recording of this interview that you're hearing today because we were recording one day before the events. There was a lot of information on the internet uh, spreading fear that there could be a lot of uh, terrible violence. And all of that being said, uh, I hope you're doing well. This is Radio Survivor, and I'm really happy that Nathan uh, could come on to talk about the work that they are doing in Charlottesville, Virginia.
1: Well, Nathan Moore, General Manager of WTJU. Welcome to Radio Survivor.
2: I'm glad to be here, Eric. Thanks for having me.
1: We have a lot to talk about because you wear a lot of hats. You are the General Manager of this college radio station, and uh, you've also built around you during your your, uh, tenure there at the station uh, an online-only station that is student-run.
2: It started as online-only, and then since April 2016, it's actually been a low-power FM at 100.1 FM. So, yeah, That's right.
1: That's right. It graduated up.
2: <laughs> it did. It did. How
1: exciting. Well, uh, so, you know, I would say that your main job is to be the general manager of this community radio station in Charlottesville, Virginia, but, uh, I'm excited about your low power FM station and, uh, and its origins as an online only college student radio. You know, it's, it's exciting to us here at radio survivor that you that your online student run college station that was founded in, um, in roughly uh
2: 2013 uh or no it it got turned
1: into a low power fm station in 2013 which is a
2: 2016 which is a
1: real radio survivor success story oh so yeah get me get set me straight
2: so i would actually say you know it it is true i was hired in 2011 to be the general manager of wtju um my job has sort of reinvented itself a couple three times and now uh, honestly uh, i i've consider myself the the general manager or director, whatever you want to call me, of of really what's a, a media organization at the University of Virginia that's on air, online, and in person. Um, and so, I mean, really, I've taken very, very seriously the the need for this legacy media of, of radio to adapt to the times. I don't think radio as FM broadcast is going away anytime particularly soon, but that said, is changing, and we have to. You know, I've been banging this drum since my job interview back in you know February two thousand eleven. Uh, is that it's still necessary for us to spin great records and know about them and share that passion, but it's no longer sufficient. And so, how can we take these legacy media that are so cherished and so good and and add to them and adapt them and and um, and also, of course, make sure the radio you know broadcast itself remains excellent, but also really not just view ourselves as broadcasters who, who share FM radio, but actually to view ourselves as, as cultural organizations as conveners of a community. Um, and that means doing a lot more than just, you know, putting on the best radio show possible. In our case, it means we made a whole second radio station. Um, <laughs> and so uh, we had uh, started back – the radio station, WTJU, started back in 1957 um, as an almost all-students and almost all-classical radio station at the University of mm. Virginia. Yeah, and it's a very 1950s thing that you could have, like, an all-student, all-classical station. Um And, uh, it, it shifted and changed over the years. And by the early seventies, uh, it was multiple genres. So they had jazz department programming and folk and roots and, uh, rock music. And, and, you know, those four genres still remain on the station and we've added, you know, more, uh, eclectic music to those four, um, and, you know, different kinds of talk and public affairs programming over the years in various quantities. But the main brand really for 62 years now has been, uh, really excellent music, um, now, in the mid-90s, there was another shift where uh, the station got its first paid staffer, uh, who's, who's a friend of mine. Um, he still lives in town, uh, since retired. But he, I don't think he quite knew what to do when the students all left for the summer. And so he brought in community members to be hosts, and, and a lot of them stayed. And over mm-hmm. over the years, it really became a, a majority community member. Um, uh, the, the, the majority of DJs were community members. And so um, while... They bring a lot of knowledge and community connections and, in some cases, connection to the university. It really, you know, when I first started here, we, we did have a problem of not enough students involved. And so I tried a few things, but the thing that's made the biggest difference is to simply build a whole second radio station. You know, you just go big or go home. And so we, uh, we yeah. do. So WXTJ last year uh, had about 170 students involved. Um, plus, there's there are still students involved in WTJU. By the way, it's not like it's no student space. It's just kind of hard to get students to host 6am classical shows these days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there's still students involved in the class in all of our departments over there: jazz, classical, folk, and and definitely rock, where we also play you know a variety of other genres like EDM and and other stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's a,
1: it's a very it's a very exciting radio survivor. Uh, uh, but like, uh, it's, I mean, something on Radio Survivor, we've talked before with, um, with people at college radio stations. And we've also talked about college radio stations that have been in crisis. And so it's really nice to have you on the line, Nathan Moore, uh, general manager at WTJU, you know, which is a community radio station there in Charlottesville, Virginia. And now you have this other station WXTJ, which is a low power FM station there in Charlottesville, Virginia, that, that has more, um, student leadership and student, student orientated, uh, Community media.
2: That's right, and, and they
1: both and they both live together.
2: They do, they do. They are right across the hall from one another here in our new building that we just moved into uh, earlier this this spring. Um, so yeah, W. TJU is still very eclectic. WXTJ, the student station, I mean, it is really freeform. Uh, so, you know, yeah. one, one show might be like classic hip-hop, and then the next show is just like straight-ahead indie rock, and then the next show is, is uh, I don't know, like, like, like EDM and house music, and then the next show is, you know, some person doing like ASMR whispering and eating noodles and stuff. Um, so, I mean, it's really all over the map, and I, I love it. it. I love freeform. Like ID. the
1: kids like the kids do these days, apparently. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, tell us about, tell us about that transition where WXTJ, uh, went from an online station to a low power FM station. How, how did that change the work?
2: Um, I, I mean, honestly, a lot of it remained pretty similar. It's, you know, they, they had to pay more attention to following FCC rules, but, um, yeah, you know, other than that, it's still real free form. Um, and, and, you know we have legal IDs and and basic compliance with FCC rules now but but yeah it's it's uh just a way to reach uh, students and others beyond just those who might happen to turn on the web stream um, and so it's great I'm glad we have it
1: yeah and, and there's there's no um, you know if anything if anything changed in in the listener community when it went on the the terrestrial airwaves did that help To grow
2: the station, Uh, you know, I think there's a a certain amount of um, sort of cachet and respect that comes with having an actual FCC license to to real radio airwaves. Um, You know, it's it just feels more tangible and real if that's the case. If you got that Mm -hmm. uh, versus just a pure web stream. Um, That said, uh, you know, Charlottesville has a ridiculous amount of non-commercial radio. We've got um, three different NPR services, another non-commercial sort of AAA music station, and us. So there's five other full power non-com stations. And then then besides WXTJ, there's four other low power FMs um, that are non-religious. And so we've got got 10 non-com stations for a market of 160,000 people. It's really a lot, and and so you know, um, because of that, you you know, we have a a fairly cordial relationship with a number of those stations, but but still, it's it's not as if you just sort of drop this thing and it's like, oh my God, this is the first time we've ever heard this kind of stuff. I mean, people have heard it before because there's a lot of noncom radio in this. That's amazing. Yeah,
1: one has to to wonder if there's a stronger noncommercial radio station community in the United States. It's so. It's so dense well I for, think, especially for uh, what is this you know a college town basically
2: yeah and, and per capita I, I don't think there could be. We also incidentally are home to um, Virginia Humanities which produces backstory and with good reason to syndicated shows in the public radio world um, uh-huh. and, and we're also home to a number of, of prominent you know sort of public radio folks like like Lulu Miller from Invisibilia on NPR. And so it's it's definitely like a, a, a public media kind of town.
1: Wow. <laughs> How exciting! Yeah. Well, uh, I, I guess I'm going to pack my bags. Yeah, come
2: on uh, by. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how, how nice! Well, uh, we're on the line with Nathan, Moore, general manager at WTJU, there at the University of uh, Virginia. Uh, and well, uh, tell us about tell us about your big station. Tell us about WTJU. And um, you said it's a it, you know it's basically eclectic music. It's community members mm-hmm. who are are the DJs.
2: Yes, I will. What so, else do we need to know? So WTJU's mission, you know, we had a, an older mission that we revised a few years ago, and, and our, our mission now really is is much broader than radio, and that reflects what I was saying earlier. WTJU's mission now is to bring people and communities together through excellent music and conversation. And so it's about these shared music experiences, not just spinning records, but actually like using mm-hmm. that music towards a community-building aim. And... and functionally, a lot of DJs are doing exactly what they did a few years ago, but it's how can we use those airwaves in more creative ways as well. And so we, we for the last five years have really ramped up our live music a lot, both on air and uh, just for in-person concert events. Um, mm-hmm. We've also started doing um, a, a lot of interstitial kind of uh, interview bits like little audio portraits, these sonic IDs. Uh, so we'll pick a theme, whether that's uh, uh, senior citizen Virginia or or immigration in Virginia or um, Confederate monuments in Charlottesville, and we'll conduct a series of interviews and collect all this tape, and then and then pull little 45 second bits out of that and air those throughout the entire program schedule for two weeks or four weeks or six weeks. Um, and so it's kind of a unique way of doing storytelling that's embedded and interwoven in an entire music schedule. And so I kind of like that. It's been a neat, uh, um, formula to try out here. Um, yeah,
1: I, I actually want to talk about that, um, that project again, cause you know, radio survivor were heard on radio stations, uh, around, around the United States and, and North America, mm-hmm. uh, and, and a little bit in Europe. And, um, so a lot of our listeners are radio listeners, but I think a lot of Radio Survivors audience are also um, radio people who work in stations. And uh, the the project that you just just described briefly, I think, is um, is really exciting, and I want to see more of it. I hope I think there probably is people doing uh, similar projects, and they can always uh, email me to, to 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 keep me informed of what actually is happening uh, out there. So podcast at Radiosurvivor com. If you know of a project similar to what Nathan is describing, but tell us more about how, how at your station, you, um, you got this uh, storytelling interstitial uh, project like on its feet, because it's, it's real work. Uh, you know, Radio people know that producing one minute of radio can take a full day of work, an eight hour work day. Um, not everyone knows that, but uh, how did you get all this work accomplished?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I will say, too, I, I didn't just, like, come up with this from scratch completely. Um, uh, Atlantic of Public course. Atlantic Public Media out in Cape Cod has been doing Sonic IDs for years under the leadership of Jay Allison. Um, I've also heard of other stations doing sort of similar things. Radio Milwaukee, I know, did a, a thing for a while where they, they had, um, you know, not dissimilar ideas and, and productions. But um, what we'll do is we had a, a, a daily news and public affairs hour here for a while. We, we tried that out for several years and, and it was pretty good. And I think if we were at like an NPR affiliate coming out of morning edition, it would have been a really nice local hour, but on a station whose brand is, is really just eclectic music, it, it just couldn't develop a, a real strong audience. And so, um, and so after a while, I, you know, we, we just basically you know, pulled the plug. Um, and, but still wanted to have that, that community voice. And, and, and I looked at our schedule and said, you know, we already run a bunch of on-air promos and PSAs every hour. And so why don't we use some of those, use that inventory and on-air time to just kind of interweave these little story bits. And so, um, you know, we kind of look out at, at the community at, at what issues are, are happening now, um, mostly social issues and and other kind of just cultural issues in our community. Mm-hmm. and, and, Sometimes we can even get some grant funding for this uh, to go out and record a whole lot of stories, um, you know, uh, turn the longer versions over to um, uh, a podcast uh, type element um, or just archive them and and give them to the organization that we're partnering with in some cases. Um, But then for on air, we pull out those little those little story bits that hopefully just together tell a, a story in kind of a different way. Um, And so one of my favorite ones actually was this project we did called Unsettled. That was – we partnered with a local nonprofit called Simbareras that um, uh, works with immigrants whether or not they have papers – um, and they have a lot of trust in that immigrant community locally. And so mm-hmm. they actually connected us with about two dozen people who were willing to be interviewed. And so we, we did. Um, we interviewed them and, and uh, that was a really cool project too because you know in one minute we managed to, to do these like bilingual translations and, and just the, the way that we were able to interweave their voice with the English translation was really cool. and it, it told the story of, of people who are just trying to make it you know, just like anybody, but make, trying to make it with some really unique challenges and, and frankly, difficult challenges. Um, but without being like hardship porn, you know, a lot of times you, you, you hear these projects and it's just like, oh the worst thing. Oh my God, the worst thing, you know, and and it's not that there aren't hard stories in, in the mix here. There are, and there's anxiety and there's all the rest, but there's also, you know, a guy who just talks about working hard and how he likes this town and, and how he does the work that, that, you know, the, the Anglo guys can't do. (laughs) um, and, uh, and, so, and 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 so it's 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 a cool thing to hear those voices in their actual voices. And so it's one of those yeah. cases where we can really try, you know, um, where we can really use the radio to uh, open windows so that we can see each other. So you are listening to Radio Survivor. My name is Eric Klein,
0: and I'm going to jump in now in the middle of the interview with Nathan Moore there at the University of Virginia at WTJU to play a little bit of the radio series that Nathan was referring to called Unsettled. How do you feel about your job at the end of the day?
3: Covered in sweat. <laughs> very tired. <laughs> this is Unsettled, an immigrant story project from Sin Barreras and WTJU Charlottesville. My name is Jesus and I am from Hidalgo, Mexico. I've been working with the same construction company for almost 18 years here in Charlottesville. I am one of those that stick around in a job for a while. It's a tough job. Sometimes we work building the foundations of the basement and it gets really hot there and most Americans will start throwing up. Really? I respect Americans very much, but this is a tough work and it's not for everybody. But I really like it. For more stories, visit wtju.net slash unsettled.
0: Again, you are listening to Radio Survivor and we are hearing sounds that were produced by radio station WTJU in which they brought a one-minute short news and public affairs uh, tidbits to the airwaves, to their um, the music airwaves there in Charlottesville, Virginia. Let's listen to another segment.
4: I have DACA. I came here before my third birthday, like three days before my third birthday.
3: This is Unsettled, an immigrant story project from Sin Barretas and WTJU Charlottesville.
4: My name is Gabriel. I'm 17 years old, and I'm from Mexico. I took AP Psychology, AP U.S. History, AP English Language and Composition, AP Physics. Oh, and AP Calculus. There we go. Mm-hmm. I really want to go to college.
3: Do you know what you want to study?
4: I'm, I'm thinking psychology because I want to be like a, a school counselor. I see all the help that school counselors give at my school, and I'm like, that's that seems like a pretty cool job. Uh, after um, doctor's termination, uh, everything changed. I was like, there's no point if I'm not going to go to college. What's your biggest fear? My biggest fear right now, it's 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 not even like being deported or anything. It's just not being able to get the the life that I was taught I could get here.
3: For more stories, visit WTJU.net slash Unsettled.
0: And this is Radio Survivor. We're listening to segments that were produced by radio station WTJU, uh, dropped into their air uh, during the day. Uh, and I'm going to play one more. Mi
3: nombre es Jennifer. Soy de México. This is Unsettled, an immigrant story project from Sin and WTJU Charlottesville. I
4: came here because I wanted a better future for my son and daughter.
3: Is there anything you miss about Mexico now that you've been here as long as you have? Extraño a mis papás. Más de 15 años que yo no convivo con ellos.
4: The thing I miss most is my parents because I haven't been with them really for 15 years. Uh, you have to either live and work for your kids or be with with your parents.
3: A veces está uno entre la espada y la pared.
4: So it's pretty much living between the rock and the hard place.
3: And
4: it's difficult. I have chosen my kids, but I really miss my parents, and both of them are sick, so I really fear that one day they're going to call me uh, on the phone and tell me that one of them has passed away.
3: For more stories, visit WTJU.net slash unsettled.
0: So thanks again to the producers of these segments. You can find links uh, up on today's show notes page at radiosurvivor.com. Today's episode number is episode number 207. And now uh, back to that interview with Nathan Moore of WTJU and uh, phone tape me.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I think that there's a there's a lot to be said for hour-long public affairs programming that really um, is allowed to stretch its legs and, and, and do that kind of work uh, without that... Uh, insane editing pressure and to tell longer form, longer form news information, but I, I, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little more, I'm excited right now about the idea of dropping this news and public affairs, uh, style radio, um, just dropping it into the, into the pond of, a, a free form radio station to sort of, um, get some other kinds of people, uh, yeah to open to open their ears to that information
2: yeah and you know we're we're a cultural organization i mean the the news is important and there uh, the, uh, there's a whole separate conversation about the future of journalism and how we have you know where we get primary news and information from i mean that's that's a real serious matter wtju's role has never been as a primary news gatherer and so you know really trying to be a cultural organization to complement our music programming with these short form stories, I think has been fairly successful. Um, you know, there's no, nobody out in our listening community was sort of like, you know, banging down the door and saying, Nathan, you should really do a bunch of short one minute stories. Uh, it was a form that people didn't really know about, but we tried it out and people have really liked it.
1: And and you had imagined that sometimes, uh, some of the, Longer edits of this work can be podcasted. Did that happen with this project?
2: It uh, it really depends on the project. Um, for uh, we did one with um, uh, senior citizens around the state, just asking them about their legacies and you know what they uh, what they hope their legacies would be. And we did, yeah, we turned those into longer form podcasts as well. Um, and so that's actually a, a, a decent segue. Um, besides, so we've got WTJU, the full power, 91.1 FM. We've got WXTJ, the student station, 100.1 FM. About two years ago, we also started um, a community podcast network called TJFM, FM, kind of a play on T-J-U or the Teej, you know. So TJFM FM uh-huh. is, is T E E J dot FM, and it's a place for students and community members who want to host a podcast to come in and be a part of the network. And so basically the, the goal with that is that um, if you were to do a Google search on how do I start a podcast, you'll get a list of like eight things. And we want to provide four of them. Um, one is uh, studio time and recording gear. Um, another is yeah, – microphone. Yeah, right. Microphones and audio editing and all that. Um, another is we provide distribution for free, so uh, Libsyn and SoundCloud – um, yeah. another, another is, uh, just staff support and workshops and trainings. Uh, and then the fourth is really the peer network. And so we host podcast maker meetups on a regular basis, um, and encourage a buddy system that, that has not completely panned out, but you know, the, the, the possibility is still there. Um, and wow. so, and so uh,
1: Nathan, let's, let's, uh, let's slow down a little bit. Let's, Nathan Moore <laughs> is the general manager at WTJU, a college radio station in Charlottesville, Virginia. And we've been talking about all the other. Um, uh, amazing, uh, uh, little, little projects that, uh, I, I don't want to say little as if they're, um, not big, but they sort of, um, they, they grow out of this community radio station. And now you've just told us briefly about a podcast community that yeah. you started. How, how long has this podcast community, uh, been up and running? And, and tell us more about, about that work because I think it's really, um, Again, just the same way that a one minute piece of radio might take a eight hour or a 15 hour day of work. Um, a podcast community is a real, um, like a real unknown quantity about how much, uh, how much real work can go into, to creating such a thing. And, and it's exciting that you've taken on that, that role in your community. So let's, let's hear, let's hear more, let's feel more about this podcast community you've tried to
2: build. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, it's sort of my, my selfish thing is that I want to create a um, or I want to nurture a, a community of creative audio makers centered around the station. So that people when people yeah. think about creative audio, they think about us. Um, but to do that, we basically bring them in and say, hey, let's let's provide some support and I'll get together. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. essentially, we've got right now about a dozen shows in active production. Uh, ranging from a UVA professor who's a neuroscientist who who does a series of of relatively high profile interviews with scientists about like the nature of knowledge and science and society and how what we do has an impact. And his most listened to show was about like what's happening neurologically to children who've been ripped from their parents at the border. I mean, you know, very serious stuff. Um, but yeah. but you know he does he does a, a really thoughtful science based show. To a podcast about Virginia history with entries from the Virginia Encyclopedia, kind of brought to life with the monologue storytelling. To uh, uh, one, the, the the young women have since moved on. They but while they were students, they did a show called Wiki Freaks, where they just chose some like really weird random Wikipedia articles and dished about it for a half hour, uh, and uh-huh. it was, and it was hilarious, you know. Um, to uh, uh, sort of like a health and wellness kind of podcast, um, and and so there's a lot of different kinds of programming that we've been able to bring into this podcast network. Um, and now we've even now been able to do a new music podcast. We've partnered with a local, um, nonprofit sort of gallery and performance space and the UVA music department to do a podcast called telemetry. Uh, that's a half hour, once a month experimental live music series. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's really, again, if it's, if it's cultural and interesting and and based in, in creative audio making, then we're glad to bring it into the network uh, as long as it's got some kind of connection to Charlottesville and Virginia.
1: That's exciting. Now Nathan Moore, uh on a very recent episode of Radio Survivor, Paul Reesmandell uh had a theory that that building a podcasting network at a community radio station would have um you know some very interesting un- unintended benefits to the community radio station. Um it might be too soon or or maybe the theory doesn't bear out, but like ha- have you noticed at all like any, you know, one of Paul's theories was that uh That there might be more young people, you know, for example, attracted to a podcasting network where they might uh, not uh, have the sort of same uh, passion to do terrestrial radio DJing.
2: Um, I think I could name at least uh, three ways that... that, that we've had some unexpected benefits from this uh one one is exactly what you what you described the young people effect uh we've had i mean now granted we already have this college radio station with with a whole bunch of students doing shows and being involved in in live shows live live concerts that we do at our stage we have a stage we have a stage by the way i'll get to that in a minute um uh, and so, yeah, you know, when I go give a guest lecture at a UVA class, uh, you know, I'll say, all right, how many of you raise your hand if you've heard of WTJU? And like, honestly, not that many of them have. How many of you at WXTJ or, you know, want to you know, know somebody who hosts a show on WXTJ? Yeah, uh, it's actually several often. Um, okay, so
1: so you're, you're talking to students. I yeah. don't want to uh, rush past it. You're yeah. talking to students at your college and they're not even aware of the, not all of them or a minority are even, uh, or a majority are unaware that you have this uh, large media presence in the town with WTJU, and then a few more than that are actually aware of the smaller station that's uh, student the student only student run station. So that's yeah. actually got a better 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 campus brand, as it were. It does
2: far far more know about WXTJ uh, as a whole. Um, How cool! I, yeah, yeah, I mean, Cause
1: it, I guess because their because their friends and their peers are are doing things.
2: That's exactly right. And we've also built WXTJ to really be of, for, and by students. I mean, it's run by students, you know, and if they want to do a house show, they book, they book the band and they bring them in and we have a show, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's their space to own and and make special and and they do. Um, uh, so that's one, and and but then if I say, oh, I'm
1: sorry, I derailed you from your from your story. Oh, then you would get the, them to raise their hand. The Stick,
2: yes, yeah, yeah. so I get them raise a hand. So then I also say, like, you know, how many of y'all, um, you know, would be interested in podcasting? And like, tons of them want to do a podcast. Um, and so yeah, the idea that that we can bring those folks in, it's it's just a really good outlet too. You know, not every student wants to um, host a, a a music show like you know, kind of a, a weird college radio show. They're not all weird, but you know what I mean. Um, it's a fraternity Grandpa's radio show. Yeah, well, I mean, college radio here and everywhere is kind of a fraternity for misfits, and WXTJ mm-hmm. is definitely in that brand, and, I, and I'm, I'm happy for it. Um, but, you know, there's there's other ways to make audio uh, that, that aren't that, and, and it's yeah. really cool to have this platform of, of a podcast network. And so, yeah, students kind of come and go. Um, you know, there's challenges with it, right? I mean, people come and they have an idea for a show, and they'll produce one, maybe two, and then they run out of steam. Well, that happens a lot, and it's expected. Um, but what's exciting is that we have this, this way now for people to get engaged and stay engaged. Um, and so uh, the other, um, uh, so young people, yes, getting more young people involved has certainly been a benefit. Um, unexpected promotions, you know, I mean like once in a while, the local press is like, Hey, there's some local podcasts we should write about it. And, and they do. And, and I still feel like we're in a beta test with, with TGFM, the, the podcast network. But, you know, we were on the cover of of the weekly paper uh, earlier this year. Yeah. And so, all right, I guess we've got our act together, <laughs> relatively speaking. Podcasts
1: are hot right now. Yeah. Podcasts have a, have a heat to them.
2: Exactly, exactly. Um, and I will say also there's one other benefit that I really didn't see coming. You know, uh, my goal with it was to just say, here's the studio. Come learn how to use it and use it, and we'll help you a little bit. Um, but because of what we're doing, we've now, um, from uh, as many as like three different angles, uh, been hired as the production house. Um, and so, uh, you know, people actually will have a, a budget, uh, U- two UVA departments at this point, and then a third Uh, person that I'm talking with as well, um, who want to have a podcast done for a a specific purpose of some sort. And, and they don't really want to, you know, learn everything about audio editing and production. They want to kind of one of our staff pros to help with that. And they have a budget. And so I'm like, well, that's cool. Sure.
1: (laughs) Right. So, so you at, at the college at the University of Virginia, where you're, you know, where you, you work as the general manager of the of the community college radio station, WTJU, mm-hmm. uh, other departments in the school uh, need, need, uh, need podcast production.
2: They need podcast production. Yeah. And it's been a sort of unexpected. Wow, why?
1: But wait, why, why? is this a stupid question? Why didn't they come to you when you were a radio station?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think because we have the network and because the word has gotten out, honestly.
1: Yeah. But it's also because um, it hasn't, you know, we last week's episode of radio survivor uh, was titled uh, podcasts are radio. Yeah. And, uh, I think eventually, you know, that message might make it through to the, to the wider world of, uh, non-radio people. But, uh, it's, you know, there's all this excitement about podcasting and this, it's, it's all, it's all speaking into microphones. It's all, it's all communicating. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's all, it's a, It's a, it's a very, very similar set of skills, uh, so yeah. I like how I like how you're getting a boost from uh, calling it podcasting.
2: Yeah. Hey. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah. You know, I think a lot of departments uh, like how ten years ago they would look around and say we need a blog, and and they would you know go do some blogging. Uh, now they're like we need a podcast to reach people in new ways, and different ways, and and they do. It's true. But um, you know, to do it well, I mean, anybody can get a microphone and talk into it. But to do it well, it does take you know some skills, and we have it.
1: It, it doesn't <laughs> hurt to ask a radio person. Um, how they've been doing it their whole lives.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, I would say there's those benefits for sure.
1: Wow, how exciting. Well, uh, I should say that you're listening to Radio Survivor, and we're here for the love of radio and sound, and we're on the line with Nathan Moore, who's the general manager at WTJU, which is a community radio station with um, with history going all the way back to the 1950s there in Charlottesville, Virginia. We're also speaking with Nathan because uh, Nathan founded a... Uh, online station for students that then grew into a low power FM station for students, WXTJ. Nathan also helped build now a podcasting network there at the station that we've been discussing. Uh, you've hinted that you want to mention your, your concert series and your stages. I want to make sure that we get uh, time to hear more about the summer camp that you shared with me. Yeah. Oh, and then also uh, let's not forget the, the one minute interstitial uh, community oriented uh, uh, mini documentaries that you've, that you've had product produced, uh, to sort of, um, you know, broaden, broaden the, the sound of your air you know, which you're playing music there at the station, WTJU, uh, primarily, but to hear one minute, uh, stories from, from immigrant community members there in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, is also something we've talked about on today's episode. All of these sounds links to everything will be on up on today's show notes for, this episode of Radio Survivor at the website radiosurvivor.com. We've also got fight- uh, okay.
2: we've also we've also got fighting Nazis to talk about.
1: We also have <laughs> to talk about yes. Uh, how are how are things in Charlottesville these days? Is it, is it relatively quiet? Um, it, it is we're, relatively
2: we're, quiet. We're
1: recording. I should mention that we are recording today at um, it is uh, August sixteenth, sixteenth, and yeah. uh, uh, scheduled for Portland, Oregon, on August seventeenth is a right-wing patriot prayer rally, which has been met by um, uh, anti-fascist street opposition. And there's been a very weirdly ambiguous role that the Portland Police Department has played, whether they've uh, either supported the right-wing protests or ignored the right-wing protests or attacked the left-wing protests while ignoring the right-wing protests. All of this is coming to a head tomorrow, uh, one day before we are recording Today's episode, and I don't know what's going to happen. I wish everybody uh, a relative peace and safety, and I hope that uh, when today's episode airs next week, it doesn't have some sort of weird stink uh, of time dating irony because of some breaking news event. But that being said, Nathan, you were um, well. You, yeah, now that you've <laughs> now that you've plopped that in, in my brain. Lab, <laughs> I know. I know. Um, you were, you were an eyewitness. You were present to the 2016 Charlottesville the white supremacist rally. Uh, and, um, did your, did your radio station, uh, play a role in the, in the resistance to that rally? you you're not a, your stations are not uh, news and public affairs stations. They're music stations. So, mm-hmm. uh, where you, I understand maybe you were just there as a, as a citizen of your city, not as a, as a representative of the radio stations you work
2: at, yeah, that's absolutely correct. Um, so, so that was yeah, August 11th and 12th, 2017. Uh, we just passed the second anniversary of that of that date. Um, right. uh, August 11th was when there's a, an incident on the grounds of of the University of Virginia where a bunch of of Alt right and, and white supremacists and 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 Nazis sort of surrounded the statue of Thomas Jefferson and about twenty or thirty students and a few adults, um, one of whom was one of my DJs actually a guy named Tyler uh, who got hit in the neck with the tiki torch by one of those guys and, and later had a stroke, um, but uh, he survived. He's okay. He still hosts a show here. Um,
1: right, but, right, right. That that's a that's an important part of the of the of the day of violence that doesn't often doesn't always. Uh, get remembered since there was so much else that that happened but the day before a, a day prior to uh, uh, the death of one of the protesters that we're getting to there was a statue that the the people that were there to the anti-fascist protesters were surrounded by the white supremacists and uh being violently taunted and you said one of your djs was was struck by one of these uh Home Depot tiki torches that they brought.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, on August 12th was the day of the car attack that, that made Charlottesville sort of internationally famous and infamous, and unfortunately, still when you Google Charlottesville, that's the the, the images you see are, are all from that day. And, and there's really, I mean, it's not that we don't have our problems, but being defined just by that day, you know, online and sort of the national consciousness is really unfortunate because it is really a lovely city. In a lot of ways. Um, uh, but the point of the story is just that on August twelfth, yeah, so I'm you know, I'm on staff of the University of Virginia. I wasn't there, the radio station did not take a position or 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 was not officially there, but I was there as a citizen and I did call in reports back to the station just to let people know what was going on. Um, like I say, you know, we, we frame ourselves these days and our mission really is to be a cultural organization, but there are some things that are sort of newsy that are very much part of the culture. And so that's that's what I was there doing was was covering that. Um, and I also, you know, with gear that I've got, I, I also set up a microphone and speakers and helped with a medical tent and, and, and um, and just giving refreshments to, to, uh, anti-racist sort of, you know, uh, community members that were there, um, in response. Um, you know, that whole day was, was, uh, extraordinarily difficult, um, and I don't think any of us really realized until later, kind of the the enormity of it, as we started to feel it and just be emotionally kind of wrecked by it all. Um, but you know, I have several personal friends who were in the crowd that got run over. Um, I'm friends with a couple of people that got pretty seriously injured um, in that attack, and and so it is you know fairly personal for me. But as far as how it applies to radio and how it applies to WTJU, um, you know. In the aftermath, we had a, a concert series scheduled for uh, just a few weeks after that. You know, it started the first of September, and and um, I've heard from people that our concert series really helped to um, to heal, and we we tried to really make it so. Uh, we started doing you know the other thing that August twelfth uh, and and that whole alt right thing and this it wasn't the only uh, event by the way. There are other sort of lead up events that were also ugly but nothing like that um, but it it sort of tore the bandage off of a you know you know. so Charlottesville's got this long history of, of racial inequality and, and class inequality like a lot of towns but you know we have a, a unique take on it here it's part of the south but considers itself very liberal but it's more like a polite liberal and so Charlottesville has papered over the cracks of racial division a lot of times um, and so you know yeah, there was racism but it tended to be subtle Um and it tended to be more structural, and um, and so
1: yeah. And you're you're referring to like uh, the the '90s, not to the um, not to the
2: '50s. Exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. The, the papering over. The papering reasons. over. Yes. The '90s and the 2000s. Yeah. No. I mean, Charlottesville back in the mid-century and and back in the the, the late 1800s and early 1900s. Yeah. I mean, it was it was full on white supremacist, like most cities in the South. I mean, we ended up with several Confederate statues just. Uh, at the same time that the daughters of the Confederacy, you know, were were paying to have those put up all over the place, um, and that was, you know, not really what all this was about. But the statues were certainly, you know, the the centerpiece and the physical thing that people saw as the center of this fight. Um, but yeah, no, and Charlotte's, you know, UVA's medical school back in the 1920s and 30s certainly had professors involved in the eugenicist movement. I mean, you know, it's got a very checkered past in in several ways. Um, I'd say in the sort of, you know, the the more liberal turn of, of this college town environment in the 90s and 2000s, uh, yeah, it kind of papered over a lot of that. And and there was a, a terrific um, city councilor by the name of uh, Holly Edwards who has since passed away um, she was an African American woman. She was the vice mayor at one point. She said, "You know, uh, Charlottesville is a place where um, uh, uh, people are glad to have African Americans, you know, be the entertainers and and glad to invite them in and socially and and you know, increasingly glad to have them uh, alongside their kids in public schools as long as they're you know, behave themselves a certain way. But but when it starts, when it gets to economic power and looking at actual ways to address structural inequalities." that's when the conversation stops. And and that has yeah. continued to be a, an issue. Um, and so I think what August 12th did is it was just such a a jarring and searing and, and incredibly difficult moment that it, it just tore all those scabs off. And so for the last two years, the city's really been struggling to figure out kind of like how do we actually face this stuff and deal with it for real? And there's no easy answers to that. I will say, WTJU for our part, um, you know, we try to bring people together through 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 music and conversation. Like I said, and so um, 2017 happened to be the third year of this fall concert series that we do at a place called the Ix Art Park. It's a, a former textile factory that part of it has since been converted into this like kind of zany. Uh, outdoor art space full of sculptures and murals and, and just like weird random stuff that shows up. I think there's like a boat sitting there right now. I mean, you know, it's like, um, and, uh, and so we had a concert scheduled. We had nine shows scheduled for every Saturday in September and October. And that was just a few weeks after this, this happened. And, and we started, you know, we, we did some quick work to try and make those uh as community oriented as we can, uh, we, as we could. And so. Right.
1: And you know, we haven't, Nathan, we, it's, uh, it's so gut wrenching, but we haven't said the words. So what happened was a car uh, ran through the town and uh, ran through the, the 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 protesters who are from Charlottesville, and uh, one of one of the persons was killed. Heather Heather Hair was Higher, killed yeah. by this
2: car. That's right, yeah. So Heather Heyer got killed by this car Heather attack. Um, 25 or more other people were pretty seriously wounded, uh, you know, like hospital-level wounded, um, and didn't, didn't die, but but yeah. Um, and, right, and, and, and you know, the, the trials for the... And that wasn't the only violence. I mean, you know, there was a, a young black man who was beaten up really severely in a parking garage. That's nearby. right, that's right. It's,
1: um, all, it's all so traumatic that it, like, starts to leave... Yeah. Leave it, my mind. I remember, I remember seeing those videos. Yeah, that was yeah.
2: a, um. Well, it, 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 what's difficult yeah. about that is, you know, I've, I've read about, about sort of like war-torn places and, and you don't think about what it must be like to actually live there. And and granted, this was one day, uh, not like a, a an army occupation. It was just, you know, one moment really in one part of town, but, but, you <laughs> know, it's just a place where I'm used to just walking Along and I'll see friends and say hey and take my kids to get ice cream and you know and 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 to see it literally transformed into uh, for all intents and purposes a war zone. I mean there were like you know yeah. uh, people on uh, you know you, you've got you know actual Nazis with with guns <laughs> you know uh, and and people being maced and 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 it, it was it was really intense and and traumatic um, and so. You know, what can WTJU do about that? What can a community radio station that's really mostly a music station do about that? And it, come, it came back to our core mission, which is we can bring people together through shared music experiences. And so the radio station can do that, and we can play songs on air, but we also can use this concert series, this free outdoor concert series, as a way to do some healing. And we latched other stuff onto it, too. And so, you know, we, we added uh, the first annual Black Business Expo uh, at that point. And so, you know, really, how can we <laughs> celebrate and support, you know, local black entrepreneurship and and, um, uh, and economic development among, you know, part of the population that has historically been denied some of those opportunities? Um, we continued to work with uh, a nonprofit uh, to help produce Civil Sabroso, this Latin music and culture festival. Um, and, and we've added more stuff since then, too. But, you know, that was really a turning point where we said, you know, it is about the music and it will continue to be about the music. But how can we use that music in ways that benefit our community in, in meaningful and healing ways? It's a right, work. Because in, you, yeah. this
1: concert series there in Charlottesville that your radio station puts on um, was not a immediate intent. It wasn't a reaction to the violence of the unite the right rally. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a community event that had already been planned and yeah. is something that, uh, your station put together that it, it was all, um, Nathan Moore, the general manager at WCJU uh, you came on the job, uh, you were telling me, um, in 2011, and it was a part of a series of projects that you sort of built, uh, more of a community presence for your radio station outside of the, of the music that you played and, uh, one of those things, in addition to um, an online student station that turned into a low-power FM radio station, uh, WXTJ, and a podcasting network for the community, which I'm still super excited about, um, is that you also have this concert series that yeah. uh, that that, uh, that, that, uh, that gives the radio station where you work another role to play in the community outside of um you know, pumping out great stuff on the air with.
2: That's right. It's it's called the, the Free Fall Music and Art Festival. And uh, Free Fall, both just because it's kind of a funny name and, and you're like, oh, we're just going to fall right in, you know. Um, but also because yeah. it's free concerts in the fall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, that actually, 2017 was actually our third annual series of the Free Fall concerts. And so, um, you know, it was not immediately a response to uh, the Unite the Right uh, violence, but we certainly started to, you know, we, we we turned it toward that as best we could as a cultural institution. Uh, it's a work yeah. in progress, you know. How we're all still trying to sort out how we how we use the institutions we've got and and the connections we've got and the relationships we've got to make a better community. Yeah. Um, and what?
1: And you were saying that um, that the that the. That the concert series sort of now in the years following the violence of the 2017 uh, August of 2017 uh, incidents uh, sort of has become um, like a like a marker like a calendar marker of of that time like how uh, wait is are you guys doing the concerts now? Uh, they start very uh, instant. <laughs>
2: uh, they start on August 31st. Yeah. Okay. And are so so you're,
1: you're, you're
2: gearing up. We're gearing up. We have six concerts this year. Uh, the, the very first one is a World Dance Festival, uh, headlined by a Brazilian uh, sort of Bossa Nova band uh, here in town. And then we move into um, uh, Love Fest, sort of a, a take on the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. Um, uh, and then we move on to the Black Business Expo again, followed by Civil Sabroso, this Latin music and culture event, followed by a kind of roots music, you know, local food celebration, uh, followed by a blues festival. And so it's it's really now become not just we're going to put on a show, we're going to put on a concert, but it's really oriented more now toward really community festivals uh, each week yeah. for six weeks.
1: And what does the radio sound like when that's happening?
2: Uh, sometimes we do a live simulcast, but usually not. Usually it's just, you know, whoever happens to be on the air.
1: Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's a separate event. It's a separate sound event for the community.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Um, With permission, we'll record the bands and then play them later on air. But Mm -hmm. um, uh, once in a while, we'll do a live remote, you know, live from the, the stage over at Ix, but not always. Um, and then that's, that's actually just one uh, live music thing we do. We also have a, a live concert series every Friday evening at 8 o'clock in our own stage. So we, we moved into a new um, building in... Uh, March of this year, and we'd been doing live concerts every Friday anyway from coffee shops around town, um, but now we've got our own stage on the first floor and a little room with about uh, seating for about 35 or 40 people, and so now we do these live concerts every Friday, and it's it's uh, broadcast right from our own building, and so it's pretty cool. We invite people to come out and see it, but it's also live on air every Friday. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, again, like, uh, I don't know how exactly to express my gratitude to a bunch of strangers, but it sounds like that the, that the people that you work with there at the University of Virginia really um, understand the value of, uh, of your community radio station and what what it gives both to the community of Charlottesville but also to the students. And you've really uh, had the opportunity to, to build up a lot of unique projects around that theme with the, with the college station, with the student run college station that started online and went to Low Power FM and the podcasting network and now this live performance space And, um, you should tell us about summer camp.
2: Oh, sure. Well, and you're right though, to point out, you know, the, the team here, I have a really, really good team at WTJU. Um, you know, the staff here, the, the paid staff, uh, besides me, there's about four and a half full-time equivalent. And then I've got about 300 volunteers. Uh, between the two radio stations, plus off-air people, plus podcast producers, and and it's 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 a really cool privilege to be a part of it and to to help make it happen. And and I'm really just you know I really like the work I get to do, uh, and I really like the team I get to work with on it. Um, the last piece uh, that you mentioned there, yeah, the last I guess big initiative that we've started here is, is a series of summer camps. And so again, you know, this really kind of just comes back to how do we how do we Transform radio into this this you know old legacy medium and make it vibrant for a younger generation, and one of those ways that that helps engage both young people, like literally kids, and and their parents, um, uh, is is camps. Uh, you know, there's a lot of summer camps around Charlottesville, uh, and we decided to get in on that game a little bit. We keep them really affordable and. Um, uh, and so for three weeks, each summer, we, we open up our doors to a dozen, uh, upper elementary or middle school kids, depending on the week. And they come in and they learn about local music. They learn about, uh, you know, the, the gear for radio. Um, they learn how to interview each other and do a little bit of light audio editing. Um, we take them on a on a field trip of some of the local music sites. They go to a backstage tour of a of a theater in town, and they visit a record store, and and uh, and yeah, it's just you know a really cool experience. It's it's pretty content rich, and by Friday of that week, you know, so so my student station WXTJ, there's really very few students in the summertime doing shows during the daytime, and so by Friday of of the camp weeks, the kids are on the air doing shows, uh, and, ah. it's, and it's really cool. It's fun to listen to. Um, and, and that's
1: on a low power FM station. It's, on, it's
2: on the low power FM station. Yeah. Yeah. And also simulcast at uh, at the website. And, and we put the shows up on right. SoundCloud as well. So, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, and they're all over the map. I mean, they might be playing like, I don't know, like, 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 you know, weird psych rock that they found in our library, or they might be doing some like interviews. Uh, there was, there was a, a group of three kids that did. Um, like movie reviews of all the Marvel Universe movies. Um, there yeah. A, oh my God. Yeah. Can I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: market. That's market research for Gen Gen. Uh,
2: whatever they're called. Can we yeah. start
1: over? Well, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> gen- I talk about this with my thirteen-year-old all the time. We don't. We're not into the Gen Z word, and Gen Z might have already ran its course. So maybe. So, yeah. Maybe gen- they're Gen A. I think we're they're gen- going back to the.
2: I've seen Gen Alpha. It, it all. It all. I mean, generational yeah. politics are a little silly, but yeah. Yeah. Alpha. Alpha. So anyway, they're they're I'll there. Take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, and they um. Uh, another, you know, pair of kids did, um, you know, ghost stories and, and scary stories interspersed with, with songs that they liked, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, kind of hilarious stuff, but, uh, but yeah, they totally got the idea that, that radio can be this creative medium and that you can make audio that people want to hear and that, it, and that you can be the producer. And it was really great. I loved it. I loved it. And, and they seem to love it. That's really I mean, fun. Yeah. We've got kids that have come back, you know, three years in a row. So, uh, that says something.
1: Well, Nathan Moore. Uh, General manager at WTJU at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. Also, uh, you help run. What you have a you have a job title for WXTJ? Yeah, I'm the the the
2: staff advisor for WXTJ.
1: Staff advisor for a college uh, student-run radio low-power FM station WXTJ as well as the, can I call you the founder of a Charlottesville podcasting network? Is oh that, yeah, uh, well, there actually too is, grandiose? Uh,
2: it's TjFM. FM, is the name of our podcast network, and uh, I, what do I call myself? I think the um, director, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you, got, you, got your, you
1: got the online radio content at Tiege FM, as well as the concert series, and the summer camp. And I think that covers the basis of uh, at least what we've <laughs> talked about on today's episode of Radio Survivor. And uh, I, th- Nathan, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been great.
2: Thank you, Eric. And I will say too, I just, you know, I'm also uh, on the board of the National Federation of Community Broadcasters. Um, and, I, and I learned so much from those other stations around the country and, and you know, try to give back where I can. But really, so much of this is is made possible with, with other people's great ideas. And I love being part of the ecosystem, too, where we can all share these ideas. And and I appreciate you and the platform you all make here at Radio Survivor for us to to share some stories and and learn from each other.
0: My thanks again to Nathan Moore of WTJU uh, for talking with us on Radio Survivor today. It was a real pleasure to hear uh, what's been going on there in Charlottesville, Virginia, at the University of Virginia, uh, how they have been using their community radio station to build more more kinds of uh, good sounding radio internet radio all sorts of ways and as well as the concert series and the the summer camps all sorts of ways you know radio survivor we've been doling out advice here we've been talking about how community radio gets made and what kind of community what kind of communities you can build around radio stations and uh what a pleasure to stumble into a conversation about one station that sort of exemplifies a lot of that work um so my thanks again to nathan for joining us on today's episode Uh, radio survivor is a podcast you can subscribe to it anywhere where you get your podcast it's also on our website radiosurvivor.com where you can listen there in your browser or on your phone as long as you don't click away i suppose uh Radio Survivor is a listener and reader supported enterprise to learn more about how you can support the work that we do you can go to radiosurvivor.com/support my name is Eric Klein on behalf of Paul Rees Mandel and Jennifer Waits and Matthew Lazar uh, thank you so much for listening